0: listening to primal radio the podcast dedicated to combat sports martial arts self-defense and the warrior mindset and here are your hosts from hamilton new
1: jersey jim mccann and london england tom mcgrath
2: all right we're back on primal radio tom how you doing brother
1: i'm great jim i'm great now, hey are you
2: getting ready for your trip to go what do you leave for uh the philippines
1: uh for the 4th the, the fourth, fourth yes, yeah, so very soon.
2: And you're gone for I've, how long?
1: Uh, almost a month. Wow, almost a month.
2: You guys get lots of
1: vacation over there, don't you? I'm a lucky man. You are a say. lucky
2: man. I'm lucky to have you as part of the show. Anyway, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so, uh, you can find <laughs> this. You can find Primal Radio. So you can listen to us on HamiltonRadio.net, Saturday nights, 9 p.m. UK time, 9 p.m. New York time. You can hear us on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes. Sonos, uh, SoundCloud, Amazon Alexa, and we have Stitcher coming soon. Um, Tom, we, you were booking the guests, and we have a, 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 a one of the. Anyway, why don't you do the introduction? So, because you're kind of prepared for it, I have a bunch of that say, a bunch of questions. I was for, anyway. Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. You take it but away, I, brother.
1: Our guest this week needs no introduction. Um, he, he's JKD royalty. Um, he was the youngest member of Dan Inosanto's backyard group. Um, uh, famously uh, the, the, the bastions of JKD uh, in the US and therefore followed all around the world. He's written numerous books um, on, on Jeet Kune Do and um, he's just an absolute legend. I've had the pleasure of training with him in the UK probably about, I don't know, about seven, seven or oh. eight times, I think, in seminars over the last 10 years. Um, and uh, he's just a fantastic man, very interesting, and you guys will, will learn a lot today. So welcome to the show, Chris Kent.
0: Thank you, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Jim. So it's great to be here. And uh, <laughs> yeah. even though I'm royalty, I didn't get invited to the wedding. You did, so what, right? Speaking of the that. wedding,
2: yeah, is, so. was it a big deal? I know you. I mean, Tom, you're there, and Chris. It's it's been a while. Is that is that was that a big thing this year? I mean, I kind of missed the whole thing. I didn't get it. Was it gigantic in the UK?
1: So, so for me personally, I was in Ireland, and <laughs> I can imagine they have they have mixed views on on the royal family over there. So right, I'm um, sure they do. Yeah. Does, it, uh, does anyone uh, care outside the UK? Sorry.
2: It was it was all over all the stations. here. I was saying, does anyone really care it's, about
1: it, it? Oh, it's it's massive. It's massive. I it mean, is. all the all the Commonwealth countries. Anyone you know? Anyone who's got an interest in in kind of royalty. Anyone kind of old in the UK and abroad seems to, that, <laughs> seems to find this stuff exceptionally it, yeah. interesting, right, right. and of course, I think there's an interest around you know her being a, a star of the TV show man, Suits, man, her right. being mixed race. They're saying that's a kind of landmark moment, having you know a, a, a Afro-American person in the right. royal family. Ah, so
0: it's a big
1: deal, right, right? Chris, right. what was your perspective on it? Mine, yeah. Uh, I-
0: it was, you know, my mum got up and my mum and wife got up and watched it on the television. Um, yeah. I think it's is all good. Um, I think it did a, a lot for tourism and things oh, like that. But yeah. um, it just is what, it, yeah, it is. I I enjoyed it so.
1: Yeah, I like Prince Harry. He's a bit rock and roll. You yeah, know? yeah, he's a, yeah. He's kind, he's kind of a, a normal pat- dude, dude. It seems right. He, he's a cool guy. I think you know he's been he's he's done a bit of drugs. Um, you know. Well, good met- for him. Been with a lot of women over the years. And, yeah. and uh, just like course, you, Tom, he served the military very well in, in Afghanistan. Right, and right, done right, Two tours over there and he set up um, the Invictus Games for, for injured servicemen, which I think has been a been a really my, positive thing. My, as well.
2: Look, enough about the royal family. We have Chris Ken here <laughs> and that's all that fucking matters. <laughs> so Chris, so as you said Chris started. You know, Chris, you moved to the U.S. when you were
0: uh,
2: a little kid or what?
0: Um, yeah, when uh, my, my father was a dock worker in London, he actually worked at New Fresh Wharf under London Bridge, and mm-hmm. um, when he was 37, uh, I'm not sure how it came about, but no. we ended up emigrating to the United States, yeah. and uh, I was eight at the time, and then I made several treks back and forth between there, but yeah, primarily I came over because my, my parents emigrated. Yeah, hey, you so.
2: didn't have a choice. <laughs> a <triangle. laughs> yeah, now, did, when you got to the U.S., where'd you guys move to? California?
0: No, actually, we started out in uh, Portland, Oregon. Um, wow! At that time, you had to have a sponsor, and uh-huh. you know, there was all kinds of hoops you had to jump through. I mean, massive hoops, right? Um, to even be allowed in, and yeah. So we had my mother had an aunt who was a, a poet gotcha. in in Oregon, so we moved there.
2: Oh, so that's how, now, when you got there, you were completely out of place. Did you feel? Were you treated differently in school and stuff, or was it just a simple? No, no, no. That
0: that was all fine. I was just somewhat devastated because being a kid at that time growing up in England and only having yeah. two, two television stations, and um, I knew America from what I saw on television. So yeah. I flew over to Portland, Oregon, and was looking down to see cactus and sagebrush, <laughs> and all I saw was green trees and rivers. That's funny. And, and houses. And yeah. so... I was a little bit devastated because <laughs> my my perception of the U.S. was thrown for a loop, you know? No
2: doubt. That's funny. That's right. So after you got there and you became acclimated and stuff, when did you start? Did you start training young, or was it the first time you trained when you were with
0: Dan? No, I, I started actually when I was about 14. Uh-huh. Um, the the thing was it, was, it was the Green Hornet show that ignited my interest oh, in the wow. martial arts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, seeing Bruce Lee. Sure. And, but my, my martial art career didn't start till we moved to uh, Santa Monica, California. Uh-huh. And at about 14, um, Santa Monica YMCA had a really good judo-jiu-jitsu program. Oh, wow. And at that time, that's what I could afford, so I, I joined. So I started at 14 in that, did that for a couple of years, did Shotokan for a short period of time until uh-huh. I got a knee injury playing soccer. And then when I went back to England and then came back to California – I started training under Grandmaster Erk Wong in Los Angeles, Chinatown, doing five animal gung-fu. Oh,
2: wow. No kidding. And then after that, you how'd you, how'd you hook up with uh, Danny Nosanto?
0: Well, I read two magazine articles. Um, Bruce Lee's, obviously, Liberate Yourself from Classical Karate, mm-hmm. and um, Danny Nassanto's Jeet is First Powerful Deceptive. So I lived uh, not too far from Black Belt offices and uh, used to go out there and buy magazines. Oh, I right. called them up and asked them who was teaching G. Kune Do. They told me you know, Bruce was in Hong Kong doing the movies. The only person was Dan Asanto, who mm-hmm. taught out of his backyard uh, in Torrance, California. Yeah. I asked if I could have the, his phone number. They said no, but it's in the phone book. So, <laughs> so you I, just looked
2: the, him up in the phone book and called him?
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow, um, I didn't ballsy. get to talk to him. I didn't get to talk to him for the first month because he was a PE teacher at Malaga Cove Junior High. Yeah. Then he would teach G Kondo. So I spoke to his wife who kept telling me to call back. And eventually I got to speak to him and he told me that he was only teaching 12 people call back in a week. And I put it on my calendar and one week to the day I call back and mm-hmm. this went on for a, about a month and i i guess i must have worn it down because... <laughs> you harassed him. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so what we nowadays we, it would be stalking so it I would guess, be stalking so you know, you'd <laughs> be under arrest you'd
2: be on a, a watch list so when, when so when you called him, and or when he called you back however that worked uh what did you say how did you say uh you wanted to change the condo i mean how did you address it
0: um, yeah, I, I, basically he was—he was very polite. He was, you know, asked me about myself a bit. And uh-huh. as I said, he—he he kept. I told him that I was very interested in learning it, and he said, "Well, I only teach twelve people. Call, yeah, you know, I might be starting a beginner class in October. Call me back in a week. I would call back a week. The same thing. Call me back in a week. Uh-huh. And then right in the midst of a conversation, one of the times. He just paused and said, look, why don't you come down and see me tomorrow uh, while I'm teaching class? Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. Went down and uh, basically we just sat on the the bench while he was teaching for about two hours and he did kind of like an interview. He just chatted, asked me about my background, myself and and things like that. And then at the end, um, uh, we watched the class while it was going on. And then at the end, he said, Okay, do you want to start working out? Oh, that's do, do
1: you do you think he was testing you, Chris? You know this this he he wouldn't just let you straight in. Do you think he, you know it was a test?
0: I don't think it was a test. It, it's Dan's nature. He's very intuitive mm-hmm. on a lot of things. Uh, it was just to see you know where my mind was at, what my perception of martial yeah. arts was, what mm-hmm. I was looking to to get out of it. Um, even a lot about my background, you know, growing up and things like that. And yeah. um, so I think he's very intuitive and he just wanted to, uh, you know, see where, where, what direction I was coming from. Right.
1: And, sure. and back then he, he wasn't famous, right? He, he was like a PE teacher or something like that, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously as we now now know, and we knew back then, he was one of Ed Perker's top black belts. Yeah. yeah. And he, he actually ran his West LA school for a period of time. Till he got affiliated with Bruce, but yeah, he was um, a PE teacher, and I think he taught some uh, drivers' education as well at Malaga Cove in Palace Verdes, and then uh, he would teach G. Yeah, and
1: and could you either at the time or or looking back now, did you sort did it dawn on you how significant that was? What what an opportunity that you had there, and 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 how unique that maybe it'd be viewed a lot of so many people be envious of what you've got all this time later you know
0: yeah um i i didn't think about that all i can remember was when he said do you want to start working out i had to drive about 25 miles back to my house at night and driving back in my car just totally elated going sure this is it this is it but yeah <laughs> yeah but it wasn't it wasn't like oh i think people are going to be amused. i was just so grateful or happy that i was accepted it wasn't a, a quick side note it wasn't until i found out about three years later um from his wife that my name was about 15th on a list oh there, no were, there were about 14 other names in front of mine of people trying to get in so wow
2: so he must right. yeah, he must when you you ha- must have had a good, like you said he's very intuitive and just had a good feeling about you and said yeah this kid oh, well, could this kid would belong in there and i'm going to give him a shot
0: i i, I hope so you know um, yeah. maybe it was his wife uh, at the time sue because she said well he seems like a nice english boy and <laughs> blah 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 so, uh, I, I don't know you know um, that well, accent I,
1: uh, gets us a long way doesn't it chris oh yeah, yeah that it accent does. It does.
0: <laughs> all i can remember like i said is just feeling over the moon and yeah. elated um that i was accepted
2: yeah and that's funny that you said you right at that time when you're going through that you don't realize what ma- possible magic you might be presented bob bremer in his interview uh, i guess it was in the 90s talks about beethoven i don't know if you've seen this interview have you seen it tom Any he talk- uh,
1: the one andrew statin did i think
2: I, yeah i don't know who did it i but think he talks so yeah three part
1: one on if YouTube, anyone yeah, wants
2: yeah. to speak to us in 20 years from now, it's because we knew Bruce Lee. Like he said, he had that moment when he originally started training there. It's in that interview on YouTube. There's a couple different, him talking about that. And that's so he had that wow, you know, this is something special, you know? So, but yeah, you were young and you're going, oh, well, you know, like, I'm glad they're just letting me in, right? You were thrilled. So what was the first workout yeah, yeah. session
0: like? You know, again, it was it was such a different time back right, then. And right, right. Yeah, as, as Tom was saying, you know, no. You had no idea that I mean, how any of would this you? was going to take place, or that he was going to become so world-renowned and, right. and, and famous. It was just when I met Dan, he was he was this just down-to-earth, cool guy, which is how I've always seen him, right. as well as being my teacher. Right. Um, just very, very low-key. Um, and that was I, it.
1: And and that group, so so, so the twelve guys that were already there, they've all gone on to be pretty well known. Again, you know, we I used the royalty term earlier on. Mm -hmm. You being the youngest guy going in there, did they accept you? Were there any guys that you particularly warmed to that became your training partners?
0: Um, They were all cool. Uh, A lot of there's several who have just disappeared into wherever um Mm. you know that that never followed up on it but but the major guys i i I mean i I have to say i'm i'm proud i've had my clock cleaned by the best of them (laughs) Um, daniel lee bob (laughs) bremer richard bustillo jerry poteet nice these guys were were all my training perks um Mm. jerry poteet actually became sort of like my big brother Mm -hmm. uh in the earth and i spent a lot of time on weekends at his house in in El Monte, California, with at that time my my girlfriend Leslie, who's now my wife, um, and there were many weekends when Dan and his wife and Leslie and I and and Jerry Poteet in his house, we would meet and have barbecues at the house. Oh, that's great. Uh, but but all of those guys, um, as I said, Daniel Lee, um, you know, amazing, amazing guy. Bob Bremer. You know, taught me never to say you're sorry when you're sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of doing that sometimes. Yeah, because yeah, right. he would always go, Well, god damn, you know, <laughs> if you do that, I'm just going to punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. so. That's so yeah. true. That's and, and you know, before I forget, I mean, uh, Tim Tackett was there as well, obviously, he was my sure. senior. Um lucky I'm mean, not lucky Teddy Lekai Lekai uh-huh. you know there was just this amazing group of of right. individuals.
2: It's like the stars and the moon aligned, you know, to make all that happen when I think about yeah. it I go, all that talent in yeah. Southern California and then in that backyard, yourself included going, holy shit, how did that happen? you know it's like a, a once in a lifetime kind of thing, you know
1: uh, yeah, I asked yeah. Jim what his biggest regret in martial arts was um on a show a few weeks ago, and he said it was not not moving down to southern california because he felt that's really where it was all at for training and though you know back
0: in the day, day anyway. anyway
1: center of the yeah, world it, at the time
0: it point. really is you know it was um, i called it like well when when the the, the Kali academy opened that became like the mecca for jiu Right. but yeah. southern california was sort of like a, a martial arts mecca in itself because of all of those people that were there
2: Right. Yeah. right, absolutely. Like, well, I, I, look, I grew up in New Jersey, and when I started in judo in nineteen shit seventy three or something like that, um, there was like that was at the YMCA, and then there was like one karate school, you know, a, a, a Korean karate school, and there was nothing else. There was, and in the East Coast, we were twenty years behind you before JKD and all that stuff kind of came along, or a nice variety of starts. So it was much more difficult yeah. to kind of get the ball rolling back then, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, but um, again, yeah, Tom,
1: Chris, uh, in terms of like you, you've you've become known for JKD and you've you've written all this books. Did you think it would have the level of influence back then where that's carried through right you know right through your whole life?
0: Um, quite honestly, no. I, I didn't. Again, I didn't go in for it. I was I was intrigued by it. I thought it was something that that was going to offer me something. However, it didn't take very long at all from, again, being with Dan to, to realize, you know, people talk a lot about finding one's passion nowadays. Um, I knew that this was my passion. I knew that, that this was what I wanted to do. And that I hoped that one day, I might be in the position of being able to share it with others. Mm. But but i didn't go in there i had no idea what was ever going to happen because of all all of the events that took place
1: and there's there's lots of i i guess there's different um brands of jkd that have emerged over the years you know the concept staff the china town staff etc cetera, etc cetera. um how would you describe chris Kent jkd
0: well the only time i the only reason i went to just Chris Kent JKD is because basically it just reflects my individual development process, my interpretation, um, and growth within JKD that I I share with people. Um, You know, first of all, there was legal stuff that came up, as we all know, later on about using Bruce Lee's Jeet Kune Do and and then mm-hmm. all of the the crap that went around with with all of that. So for a while, I just used Jeet Kune Do, um, you know, at my school. But but then I, you know, I just decided, well, look, I'll just put, it's me, it's it's my interpretation, mm-hmm. my sharing, my individual development. In the same way, I guess that like Ted Wong would be Ted Wong G Sure. And, yeah. Uh, quite honestly, you would you would have Dan and Asanto Do. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: No, no, as a matter of fact, there was something uh, we uh, just touched on, the, the divisiveness in, in the JKD world, and Tackett had posted something, I guess he it was the other day. Did you see that, Tom? Yeah, uh, yeah, in relation JD. to
1: to issue. Uh, All the issue shit in talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah.
2: what it is. You know, you know you're know. Well, you supposed to be enlightened and everyone, and I get there's a lot of crap out there, there's a ton of crap, by the way, but um, yeah. but there's a lot of, you know, pointing fingers and and fighting and stuff and obviously Chris you have an opinion on that so
0: well you know i i I actually wrote that with Tim okay uh, because of what was going on with these these groups and you know i was I was over there last year I was over there the year before and uh-huh. and and I've seen it here and i and it, but for some reason it seems much more prevalent in europe and and possibly oh. because of the government involvement in mar you know martial arts and right. what you can do and what you can't do but I finally just, I said, you know, enough of this shit, people. You need to stop slagging people off, mudslinging. No if you spend as much time focusing on development of Jeet Kune Do and commonality and collegiality, um, you'd get a lot further. But, you know, the bottom line is it becomes about real estate. Right. It's yeah. real estate. Who's got it. the most students? Who's got the biggest school? And, right. and you just got to stop all that crap.
2: You do, you, you absolutely do. Um, you know, uh, it, uh, not to, in, in. I go online. I'm not, and I see whether it's closed quarter combatants or whatever, whatever martial art you want to put in there. I see tons of Sifus that are like 21 years old. You know, and uh, it's shocking to me. So I'm glad you guys kind of came out and sort of said something. Like, yeah, I never yeah. comment on anything. I keep my thoughts to myself. When someone opened – like someone was – there was a school open up down the road, for some, whatever it was. I don't care. And someone goes, are you worried? Is that nervous? That's competition. And I said, listen, all they worry about is that I'm excellent to the best of my ability. And then people will come and see it and buy into my stuff or they won't. I'm not worried about the guy next door. I'm not concerned about him. I'm worried about me just going out and training to the best of my ability. And then you, you people, like I said, like it or they don't. So,
0: mm-hmm. but that, But that's exactly what you – that's exactly – sorry, that's exactly the approach – that you have to take people ask me all the time, you know, what about this? What about that? And I, I go, you know, honestly, I don't pay any attention. I don't know. I don't concern myself with what people are saying or what they're going to do because they're going to say it or do it anyway. Right. I only concern myself about what I do. So when when I'm working with with other people, you know, it's like, why are you you spending all of this time? Or they, they'll ask you, um, what do you think about this individual and right. you'll say, "Well, I think he's an okay guy." And they go, "Well, that's not what he said about you." And my response <laughs> "You didn't ask me that. You asked me yeah. what I thought." About well, if you'd
2: have told that me that, you know, yeah. yeah, that's so funny. That's not what he said about you. That's great. <laughs> but, well, fuck him. Oh, I, love that. <laughs> I love that. That is so funny. That is great. Well, that's true. And who knows? I don't know if it'll ever be straightened out. I know throughout the history of the JKD, they've tried to unify and come up with a core curriculum. Was it the nucleus? And then what was the other one? Uh, the, which in
1: the board uh, was, or something like that, I'll, yeah.
0: There was a JKD society. A society, was yeah. yep. Attempted in about 1980 Oh God, 1982, something like that. No. There was the the uh, what became the John von nucleus, yeah. Right. Um, great great intentions, just poor execution. Um, yeah. mm. Both done, and I was part of both of the organisations, quite frankly both done with with good ideals, but um, the follow-through wasn't done. There was no
2: Now, no. were they trying no. to write like a curriculum? That would be challenging because you said it's Chris Kent's Jeet Kune Do or Richard Bastillo's Jeet, right. Jeet Kune Do or whatever. How, how would they have even unified that, your thought process, your approach, and uh, your knowledge mm-hmm. versus Jerry, whoever, and how would you consolidate that? I think it's almost an impossibility.
0: Um, well, first of all, there's been so much misperception with regards to what actually even took place with that organization. Right. Uh, there was such a uh, propaganda campaign after, Ooh, that's after it began. When when we sat down, we looked at the idea, and you know, Linda's up here in Boise where I am, and we're good friends, and we've talked about all of these different div- divisiveness, different approaches where. People would would publish articles on Jeet Kune Do and they'd have double sticks and stick and dagger and right. you know and so the idea was simply to create a an i the, the to give the public the clearest idea or p- perception of what Bruce Lee was doing what he was about related to his martial art of Jeet Kune Do. Mm. The core curriculum was never meant to be this concrete thing it was an understanding of look drawing in all from all sources that's why all of these guys were asked to put in what they believed was a core curriculum of Jeet Kune Do that was not restrictive it was just basically a launching pad not a ceiling mm. um, so you know i walked in with 25 type pages which mm. covered the physical, technical, the philosophical, the scientific aspects of it. Some guys didn't bring any. Some guys did one. And this is what I was saying. Um, while it was great, honestly, you cannot have a professional organization run by hobbyists.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Just just the point on that, Chris, because uh, Jim and I were having a conversation the other day. You, have you ever heard of a book called The E-Myth?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I yeah.
1: read it years ago. Michael Gerb. Yeah, amazing book. So it's it's the number one for that for the listeners, it's a, like the number one book on small businesses. And essentially yeah. what it says is you might be the best, say, hairdresser. Um and so you would be you would be a technician. You would be excellent in your field. You might be the best martial arts instructor. Um but to open up your own salon or, or martial arts school, the skills are totally different. You need the, the, the skills to be able to run a business, which is stuff like accounting, marketing, et cetera, et cetera. So right. like you say, getting all of these hobbyists together and getting them to agree on something and have a, effectively an organization structure, et cetera, is,
0: is yeah.
1: real difficult. It's herding
2: cats. Yeah, it's not-
0: yeah it, it is. And, and and again, there were a number of issues. And as I said, d- despite the, uh, the, the, the this massive misinformation campaign that occurred afterwards was was the idea as I said is one of the biggest things was and it drives me up the wall still is is I I hear people in the Jeet Kune Do world they say hey it's like what would Bruce Lee do you know in regards to (laughs) to to another situation It, it, it reminds me of those 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 Bands that people were on their wrist. WWJD? Yeah. <laughs> what would Jesus do? Right. He wouldn't wear man? a band, first of all. Right. Okay. So, so they they say, you know, what, 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 we've got to look at this, but but what would Bruce Lee do? And you don't know. That's Bruce great. has been dead forty-five years. The question is not what would Bruce Lee do. The question is what is the right thing to do, and the necessity or the necessary thing to do now. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um so so like i said you ran into that so but again to get back the core curriculum was never meant to be the this is the be all and the end all of gindo right. in the same mm. way that that organization and i warned them about walking into this quagmire of anything to do with certification instruction yeah. anything yeah. um that you were going into a quagmire mm. so the initial idea was simply to create a, an organization that would, because of Linda and Shannon and the amount of material and access they had, and with John Little, that could offer the public the clearest, most accurate picture of what Bruce Lee was about, what he was doing, and that was it. Mm-hmm. That, that, was, that was it.
2: Mm-hmm. Not
0: about certifying. And then it became the thing of um, almost like where... Uh, I I got the idea about a fellowship of like a fellow of photography from one of my students. Her Mm -hmm. her boss was one of the top professional photographers. And the idea was that because he had reached these standards or these levels, he was recognized as a fellow of photography. So the initial idea was simply to create this thing. And then if somebody... showed a high degree of scholarship, both physical and in Jeet Kune Do, mm. then you could recognize them as a fellow of Jeet Kune Do. And then like mm. I said, then it went six ways from Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, all <laughs> hell broke loose. So, no, you know,
1: yeah, yeah sure. it's a shame. It's a shame that. Yeah, it is.
0: Um, I've done
1: a few seminars with you, Chris, as I mentioned earlier. And the, the thing that's most impressed upon me is your understanding of Bruce Lee's thought process um, so you know why he chose things why he rejected other things how how he draw the essence of other martial arts is, is that something you, you, you could sort of talk talk to us about your understanding on that? yeah
0: well like you said you know we've known each other for a number of years and you've been to a number of seminars and um, the idea for me is look, if I want to go and teach somebody just physical techniques, I can do it for 10 years straight, you know, it just, but that's not what it's all about. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, as I've said on a number of seminars, the idea is to get the participants to understand the thought processes that Bruce used in his personal development, in his development of Jeet Kune do, so that if they understand those, they're in the position to be able to use, the same or similar thought processes that that he did for their own development. I mean, I mean, he was he was interested in himself, and that's not being selfish, right? Mm. You know. Um, so, how did he choose? What were the protocols he used in in choosing to draw something in? Like like we said, drawing like drawing the essence of something. Mm. Uh, Dan used to talk about this stuff so frequently in the in the, the very early days that and maybe that's why it was hammered in Man. that like combination punching he would say he would run guys through all these different combinations and they would go well yeah but can i have a list and i do not give lists to my students i absolutely refuse to mm. because that's all they ever use so the idea Ooh, was you're right i'm not teaching you combinations i'm teaching you the essence of combination punching which, See? which,
1: given in in a seminar when you've only got people for two days, is far more appropriate, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, right. again, that's what I'm saying is is if you can get them to to understand those thought processes, the protocols, you know, it it it's not about just adding, adding, adding. There's a difference, as I've written before. There's a difference between accumulating and absorbing something. Mm. Big difference. That's right. right. Yeah huge difference huge not you're right and you know accu- accumulation you just add on tack on tack ra- on. right absorbing it becomes part of your structure right so then yeah. there are there are protocols that you use in in looking at something and and often you'll hear terms in jeet kundo the educated eye and the discerning mind mm. which comes through through training through experience and the educated eye allows you to look at something and analyze it. Uh, does it have a good delivery system? Are you well covered when you're using it? Does it bring you back to your own good position or move you on? Um, the discerning mind, is this theory valid or is it invalid or not useful for what I'm doing? Do you think? Sorry, co- it,
1: coming back to the... Um the essence elements so some people have said to me over the years that J- jkd is just he's just taken the best bits from other martial arts and that's
0: yeah.
1: that's very incorrect so could you just elaborate on what the essence means versus
0: literally I mean, first taking of all things? yeah first of all the best is subjective i mean what right what is the best arm lock the one What's
2: that the works best
0: arm lock? <laughs> well it's the one that works and that you can use at that particular moment right
1: yeah, you know, that's so right. it's
0: not it's not about drawing. It's not about taking the best. That's that's just eclecticism. That's like, you know, grabbing everything and throwing it in. Um, drawing the essence. You know, it's it, it's really cool having access for a while up here. I had access to Bruce's entire library because of wow. the foundation was here. Nice. So I could go in, and and pull off any books, grappling, judo, whatever. And what you see is. What's written in there and then what's written in those, the commentaries on the, the martial way is sometimes the essences are not physical techniques. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can see, how can I draw their essence and make them work for me? And in parentheses, you'll see speed, power, economy of motion. So if you look at Western fencing, for example, now, did you ever see Bruce Lee fight with a sword?
2: No, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe
0: I missed that lesson. <laughs> but um, you know, but but there are essences in fencing, in in footwork, the the rapid shifting of of distance, the staccato use of footwork to break rhythm, the the economy of motion with regards to lines of the sword, and and again, you can see if you have access to this material. Things like, okay, how can I or examine the economy of motion of Western fencing lines with regards to hands or kicking? So, okay, how do I draw that essence, non-telegraphic motion? Things like that, you know. Um, so that to me is, is when you go in and you draw an essence. What is the, What are the essences of efficient ground fighting? Not, not. oh, i got to study judo from A to Z and I've got to study right. Greco-Roman wrestling from A to Z. It's what are the essences, what are the common denominators of efficient and effective ground fighting? So yeah. that's what Bruce would do. He'd go in and he'd get rid of all the superfluous stuff and he'd say, okay, look, these are the, uh, the essences of that, and then some he would draw and some he wouldn't. Right. You know, he liked Western boxing, but there's a lot of stuff he didn't like about it. Okay? So he drew some things. What he felt were were essences, as I Mm. said, um, leverage system in their striking, good defensive coverage built into all of their offensive actions. Mm. Um, But it wasn't, well, I'm going to take this and I'm going to take the best punch and I'm going to take the best kick because the best comes from yourself, Mm. So, and, and hence, that's why I use the term that, that Jeet Kune Do is a principle-centered art as opposed to a technique-centered art.
2: That's mm. very true. That's mm-hmm. very true. You find, like, for example, when you talk about the essence, it's that's tough to pass to some people. I, I find that, look, there's some individuals, there's no chance. That's why I guess uh, the expression of J.K.D. is meant for one in 10,000 people or so, because some people are always going to be in that mechanical stage. Aren't able to kind of express themselves, or kind of stuck in that stage. Have you run across those students? You have trouble putting them to that next level, or?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, but that's the nature of the beast. Right. Yeah. You know, again, I I don't change the beast to fit. So so it fits all of them. There are some people who I, I think Jeet Kune Do has something to offer everyone. I do so. But I don't think it's the art for everyone. Right. Mm. You know. If you're not willing to do your homework, if you're not willing to work on personal cultivation, if you're not willing to cultivate your own critical thinking skills, do your own problem solving, then you will never understand it. So we're back to the idea that people like have, kind of like what you were saying, they want to go into the school and, and ask the teacher, and he says, Well, you do this and this and this and this, and then they'll fall down. Right. Yeah? It doesn't work that way. And
2: you get that. Mm-hmm. Look, like, if you were in a fight, Jim, what would be your first move. <laughs> Not a goddamn clue.
0: Yeah.
2: How do well, I know yeah. that?
0: You know? Yeah. And they uh, don't want that answer. Know,
2: they want that magic bullet, that silver bullet. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: You know, you know, I I, I talk about it on seminars and, and as well. I, I because of growing up with Dan, the three most dreaded I it's four words, but the four most dreaded words that you used to hear at the Filipino College Academy when, when the Jeet Kune Do was going on there, and even in the backyard, the four most dreaded words you ever used to hear <laughs> with <laughs> regards to Jeet Kune Do, and Dan used them all the time, was maybe, sometimes, it depends. <laughs> yeah. Because cause right. you'd be doing something and, and you'd say, okay, so Sifu, so if the guy does this, then I should go like this. Maybe, sometimes, it depends. And then he'd walk away. not really answer the question that's funny well the point was is you know there's no foolproof there's not maybe it will work sometimes it might work um but it was that again it was that that growth that personal growth right that you had to go through so there are people that are never going to leave the mechanical stage there are people who just like to collect more and more and more yeah big book
1: and techniques chris you you wanted to um just touch on something which was um, p- where people confused Dan's uh, martial journey with Bruce's. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. Um. Well, I-, I think it's very necessary simply because you know Dan was with Bruce, and and jiu jitsu evolved um, as Bruce developed it. and Dan was there. Um, you know. Uh, again, um, there's this. A- There's this thing out in the world now that they were co-creators of Jeet Kune Do, and and that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you have to remember that that Bruce passed away in 1973, and the mantle, or or whatever you want to call it, was suddenly thrust upon Dan, and he was not ready for it, and, and all that kind of stuff. So Dan continued that evolution, but he was also evolving himself, and that involved um, uh, his study of the Filipino martial arts. I mean, this was a whole reason that the, the Kali Academy was opened. It, mm. it wasn't just about, well, we're going to perpetuate Jeet Kune Do. It mm. allowed Dan to do that, but it allowed them to keep researching the Filipino martial arts as well. Mm. Um, and then Dan investigating other other martial arts. And... You know, this is where there there became a shift in mentality, uh, if you will. Um, and we talked about this between when there was, what I use the term, when there, the, there was the JKD culture that existed in the school, when it was all about no matter what you did, it was to make make it into a single cohesive art mm. that worked for you. And that would, the name of it just happened to be G Kune Do because mm. that's what we were doing. But no matter what what was done, even even the mm-hmm. Filipino martial arts, when I learned them initially, Dan taught kind of like what I use the term, a very JKD perspective. We're going to mm-hmm. cut right to the source. We're going to get this. But it was to end up with a single cohesive art. Um, that culture shifted, I would say, in the... the early to mid eighties, but it's probably the early eighties, to where Dan at the school, Dan would share different arts with people, you know, the Muay Thai and and the the the, the other arts, uh, the Savat, and, and then people could pick and choose and, and so people would go to like the Jun Fan Kung Fu class or whatever, or some guys would go to the Sabat class. But there was there was a, a, a shift in mindset, if you will, from what I refer to as the JKD culture, JKD mm. mindset, at the time of whatever you do, it has to become part of a single cohesive whole that functions for you to um, go and examine these. And if you want, you can choose where you want to go. So, this is what I'm saying is that um, Dan has his own martial evolution, which is, which again is amazing. I mean the amount of material oh, yeah. he's learned, and he has become an ambassador mm-hmm. um, for these different arts. And I and I have to say point blank right here and now um, that um, Wing Chun is a is a great art, but the reason for its worldwide popularity today is one individual, mm-hmm. and we know that that was Bruce Lee. Right. Mm-hmm. If yeah. if it had been Hung then Hung would be this popular. Yeah, thing. that is not to denigrate the art. It's a great art. Yeah. Dan would share these arts with other people, you know? Um, So Dan was one of the reasons that the Filipino martial arts has oh, such worldwide notoriety sure. today.
1: Yeah. Great. And, and he
0: was at the forefront of um, uh bringing uh, Sura Chai Sirisut and the, the Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what it was, was it was his, his notoriety in public, um, public figure that allowed people to to become more aware of these things. Like I said, it doesn't mean that they're not great arts. Mm. I mean, come on, let's look at it. You know, if if you know you got Bruce Lee and the Wing Chun, and you have Dan and these other arts. So he's he's became come like an ambassador, if you will, yeah. and a, and a perpetual student. Mm. They they had very divergent paths. Everything Bruce was doing. Was for himself, and what worked for him, and theories and principles, and then he would share them with other people. Mm-hmm. Dan shares other arts with other people, and then you can do what you want with them. Yeah. You know,
2: very true, very true. Now, Tom, I'm say, when you write, when you wrote um, your books, how many books have you written right now? Is there? You got the J JK, Encyclopedia JKD, you got the kickboxing book, you got liberate right. yourself. Uh right. textbook. Are we miss- right. are we missing a few?
0: Well, the first two, yeah, the first two uh, Tim Tackett and I co- co-wrote right. together, which right. was great because it was amazing because we the first one we did was the JKD kickboxing yeah. And we did that because at the time um, there was so much crap being written and, and and Dan's like, well you guys should do this. But we also didn't want to step on each other's toes. So it was like, well, if Tim brings out a JKD book and I bring out a JKD book and then Larry Herzl brings out one, you know, so the idea became, well, okay, we'll focus on the kickboxing element of Jeet Kune Do. Well, Larry Herzl, which he co-wrote with Tim Tackett, would right. focus on the grappling element. So that was the first book. The second book that we did, the textbook, Tim and I got together and we said, we just want to give an overview of Jeet Kune Do for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um... So, like I said, we wrote them separately. We came together, and it was like amazing how everything coalesced and things like that. Um, yeah, then I did my my own books. The what was Jeet Kune Do A to Z volumes one and two, which is a great. Was eventually book. it turned into the Encyclopedia of Jeet Kune Do with mm. more material. Right. Um, personal uh, liberate yourself. That's my baby that's, that's a uh, great book as, as John little calls it that's my magnum opus <laughs> because that that for me was I wanted to do the book for 25 years or was more it that
2: long? Wow. about
0: taking oh yeah taking the principles of JkD and applying them to daily life
2: Right. So. no it, it's a great book. I've read it a couple of times it's uh, thank you thank you. so no it's, it's really excellent. you did a great job of that So here's a question out of all the JKD books barring your own. Which is the best? What do you think is the best? I don't know how to describe it, or the the one that you enjoy the most? That's a loaded question, I guess.
0: <laughs> I see. So you really want to stick me in it? Right? <laughs> I want to stick it right
2: up your neck. Um, uh, well,
0: you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use a Dan answer. Oh no! I think they all I think they all have something to offer. Oh, that's so politically you. correct. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, you yeah. know, there's there's bits I like out of, of each books. Right. Um, uh, you know. Tackett's books. Uh, the, one of my favorites, I mean I have to say, my all-time favorite, which isn't even mine, was the 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 book that the first book that Dan ever did. Right. The uh, The Art and Philosophy of G. Kune Do, Yeah. Because it was things were still so fresh in in, in Dan's mind and what was going on, and then he just shared and you know all of the the Bruce's ideas. Um, I think, to- honestly, I think uh, Tommy Gong's book is excellent as a historical or an overview of, of everything. And he put an amazing amount of work in. Mm-hmm. The Tao of G. is a good book. Um, it's, I mean, I was actually there when, when Gil Johnson was putting it together oh, because okay. um, Dan allowed him to come into our JKD class to, to do it while he was working on the book. But the the problem with those books, um, and even the ones like t- the Tuttle books that John Little edited, which are, again are, are great, yeah. the, the the problem with all of those those main books like that is that there was so much written material, but so much of them didn't have dates on as to when they were written. So sure. some things Bruce might have written earlier and then changed his thoughts about later. But they were kind of all put together in a book as like a stew, you know. Right. so um, so those are difficult books if you don't have a really good background. It, but uh, but as I said that you know you can get something out of each one and and you'll start seeing all of the common denominators. Right, that that's what you through. need to
2: look for is that common denominator as opposed to this is right versus it, that is wrong. You know, Remember, yeah. I'm looking on Amazon.com. I own this book. It's on my shelf at my gym. The Art and Philosophy of Bruce Lee by Dan Inosanto, hardcover goes for 150 bucks and paperback 132. I bought it for like 10 bucks back in mm-hmm. 1980 yeah. something. Yeah. That's, That's amazing. Quite, I, I that. know your original yeah. kickboxing and tech bo- t- kickboxing and textbook are going for around the same price.
0: Yeah. You know that- what kills me is I had an opportunity to buy cases of that first book. Yeah. Actually, cases of all the books for two bucks a book. No so shit. So I was like. I, for for $85, I could have got a case of G. Kune Do, the art and philosophy of Bruce Lee. Uh, I would be retired right you'd be now. Retired. <laughs> <laughs> That's, funny, right? That's
1: funny. You should have believed in your own
0: material more, Chris.
2: Yeah. Oh, was there. That's yeah. great. That's
1: might, a, might be worth 10 times more in a few years. There you go. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Chris, What one thing you wanted to talk about was uh, misconceptions around JKD as well. Um, that, you know, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. There's misperceptions and and misconceptions and misperceptions and there's there's fundamental mis, misperceptions a number of them um, which again you know I've written about the first is that um, you know it's it's Bruce Lee's it's Bruce Lee's personal expression of martial art therefore he, nobody else can do it I mean that that's that's silly he expressed himself as a martial artist using Jeet Kune Do as a vehicle
2: right.
0: but there's material in Jeet Kune Do that's transmissible from as we know you know mm. from person to person so we will express ourselves in our own way based upon our physicality and our, even our psychological makeup you know and that's the thing with personal cultivation in Jeet Kune Do. if you are more uh, of an introvert more of a counter fighter, then you will go more one direction than somebody who likes to crash. So, fundamental misperception is that it's Bruce Lee's personal martial expression, so only he could do it. Um, again, the one right around that is that Bruce Lee uh, kendo died when Bruce Lee died because of that. Well, again, that's a stupid statement. <laughs> um, you know, Dan Dan has carried that, and other people have uh, for years. Um, uh, I think another one is that um, it's uh, one I read is it's it's just kind of like modified Wing Chun or it's a hybrid from Wing Chun. And mm. that if, if Bruce had learned the entire Wing Chun C, uh, style, he never yeah. would have developed Jeet Kune Do. Um, Absolutely false. Mm. I mean, mm. you know, from the moment he arrived in the U.S., he was making modifications and changes and things going yeah. on and then, so people will argue this forever in the oh, day no, no. I, again oh. i don't waste my time either, right. but it it's a misperception It is. yeah, um, yeah.
2: i was watching I, I don't i don't i don't even know the guy's name but i was watching some youtube thing and this guy was you know, talking about Bruce, and he had some bad things to say about him, and and he thought, same thing. Like Bruce didn't study Wing Chun long enough to know what worked and what didn't. That was pretty much his take, and then he gave his synopsis. Yeah. I, don't, I shut it off after yeah. a couple of minutes. I didn't give a shit that yeah. much. So. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you, as somebody who was around at the time, yeah, when Bruce passed away, and and saw you know what happened and what took place. um, and and listen to Dan and he's like I don't care what people say nobody could touch him these guys couldn't touch him mm. on this kind of stuff and yeah. you know and um so so that's why I just I just laugh at some of this stuff because right. it's like well somebody said something about somebody said that something said right 5 generations ago I will say one thing though that <clears throat> which is the the absolute truth and that is cuz Dan used to say it all the time Richard Bassilius said he goes you know, it's funny because nobody stepped forth and said a damn word when he was alive. Ah, yeah. That's a
2: good point, right? No
0: doubt. Nobody. nobody. nobody.
1: What, Chris, what what do you think Bruce, were he alive, would think of JKD as it's sort of, you know, amassed global popularity and, and things like that these days? Uh
0: oh, you know, again, to and i'm not trying to evade the question but for me to say what he would have thought i can i can only give you my interpretation That's, and yeah. I, and i think yeah. i think that in some some cases he would be uh, impressed by it or, or pleased by it and in other cases he wouldn't be pleased by it and this goes back to the misperceptions that that have been built up around it um mm. i think that um some of the hardest things is that, in some ways, Jeet Kune Do was was helped created to bring people out into the light in the martial art world. And nowadays, there almost seems a a, a case of people trying to take it back.
2: Yeah, I agree. And and
0: and I have to explain that by. I mean, you know, now you have people giving belts in G Do. And, <laughs> well,
2: there's not belts and, in And Jeet I Kune don't Kune.
0: denigrate any system that gives a belt, no. but they didn't exist in G Do. Right. Um. And and Linda and I discussed it, and, and the, the point was, it's it's not that it doesn't mean anything. It's just that they're considered non essentials. Mm. So now we've got people who are giving out belts in G Condove. Um. Now we are you know. I, it's almost like a a classicalization of Jeet Kune Do. It's gone from being about the cultivation of an individual to the perpetuation of this, this entire art. So now we have, uh, you know, uh, even forms, you know, that, that, oh, well, this comes from John fun, Kung Fu. And, and that, that's a whole nother question. John fun, Kung Fu and Jeet Kune Do and the names and things like that. But, uh, yeah, and that's what I mean. I think there, there'll be some things where he, he he would be pleased and there'll be a number of things where you guys he would say, what the hell are you guys doing? You missed the whole point.
1: Mm. Well, one of the most enlightening things you said, uh, Chris, on, on one of your seminars I attended to, you said Bruce started out with the goal of creating the ultimate martial art, but he ended up um, with it being all about the individual. Um, and you, you were just talking about the in, the individual element there. Would you just could you ex- kind of expand upon that a little?
0: Yeah, but well, it's very true. If if you if you look at it and you can read about it, um, as a young man, he he had a when he became involved in martial arts, he had an avid interest in it. So he's he began in the Wing Chun, and but but he kept scrapbooks, and and pulled out other things, and 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 he would. Um, Pick up ideas from people and, and exchange, and um, you know things things of that nature. And and you can read in his early letters to like Taki Kimura and William Shun Oh yeah, I'm creating the ultimate kung fu system. This is going to be it. It's a, and it's a combination of of Wing Chun, you know, uh, Western boxing and fencing. And these are mm. these are actual letters that are written. Mm. Um, as the evolution progressed, and this is why I said uh, before that you cannot stop and memorialize any point along that, that evolutionary path and say, this is Jeet Do. because yes, in 1964, 65, the intonations of G were already coming to pass. The name did not come into use until July 67. And at that time, it was still focused around that and and, and the, the fighting and the aspects of it but as it continued on and, and, and this is where I said you have to look at, at Bruce's evolution, it got to the point where he came to the conclusion that even by defining it as the way of the intercepting fist, he had limited it and maybe, you know, again, mm-hmm. during the time he was injured and and started doing, doing other research, it became, that's not it. That's not it. It's not that the, the, it lies within each individual person to develop. So that's what I mean. It, you know, it became from, yeah, man, we're going to create the best system to, there are no systems. There's only the individual um, and that's why I like that Longstreet episode where he's talking with yeah. Longstreet, and the guy's like, "Well, you know, well, you know, he's going to teach me all this. Look, I can't teach you. I can help you to explore yourself, Very and that's true. it. Right. So, uh, and that's where the the philosophical foundations of Gikendo are so important. Right. Because if you don't have those, you you just have you know fighting, and yeah. to to quote my my bud john little to say that G kundo is is just all about fighting is like holding up one one frame of a movie and saying this is the entire film it mm-hmm. doesn't make sense you know
2: chris do you think i'm sorry tom um like at that jkd after the first generation guys and the original guys are moving along getting older passing away uh, do you think it's just a matter of time before it it won't even resemble JKD years. Years later, I mean, I, obviously there are guys who are are phenomenal at this, and other guys are not. But the further away you get from the source, the less likely it is to to remain the same. So it's like I, I God, think, you know when
0: yeah,
2: guys pass away. Yeah, it, where's, where's it going?
0: I think this is why the the philosophical frame is so important. Yeah. Because that you know, yes, G. Kondo is about personal growth and continued growth, but with a central theme. And that central theme is the development, again, of you as an individual. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have all of these different groups and, and different things. And and this is where people people even use terms like, well, we've evolved, Jeet Kune Do.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not Thank sure you. what you mean by the term evolve, Right. Because... Mm. Um, Jeet looks at martial art, not arts, but martial art as a, a pie. And all of these elements, facets, striking, locking, are, for want of a better term, a slice of the total pie. So that's what you're looking for, totality in martial art, right? But without styles. So how can you, and this is a big pet peeve of mine, how can you say... That Well, we teach Jeet Kune Do and this earth, and this earth, and this earth, and this earth. Because, because if Jeet Kune Do is about totality, if it's about doing away with names of styles, well, this is a Muay Thai kick, this is a jujitsu lock. No, it's a kick, it's a lock. If it's about doing away with all of that, and also understanding that Jeet Kune Do is just the name that you use for this process, then how the hell do you go, well, I teach Jeet Kune Do, um, which is all about totality and includes all of these aspects, but if you don't like that, we've also got this and this and this and this, Right. you know? Um, it's like going to a culinary institute, and they say, <laughs> well, you're going to learn a complete culinary skills at this institute. Everything to do with culinary, you're going to learn. But if you don't like that, we've also got a, a sautéing class. Uh, yeah. We've got a class <laughs> over here. Right. You know. Um, so how it well? There's there's a difference between improving your understanding of something, improving your knowledge of something, and evolving it. How do you evolve totality? That's the question. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, obviously, we don't know. <laughs> yeah We'd be able to well do you it. know again
0: it's it's like when that's why when people say that i go well mm. you know yes you know grappling good you know we've increased our understanding of it if you're smart i mean mm. you know bruce had an extensive grappling library I, and right. again i've looked through these books and the diagrams and the notations in it a lot of them what it was all about grabbing the guy's groin, grabbing the throat and, 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 and things like that. Yeah. So to increase your knowledge and understanding and functional working knowledge of something is fine. But again, is it part of your cohesive whole or are you now suddenly switching arts, you know? Like here I am in a JKD fighting stunts. Again, I have a lot of pet peeves. Okay, so here I am in my, for want of a better term, my, my JKD on good position for the kickboxing. Okay, now, if I shift to trapping, oh, my legs go straighter, my back straight. You know, I suddenly put my hands yeah. in this position. It doesn't work, you know. And that's the difference between absorbing and accumulating and just adding on. Right. It becomes it becomes part of your structure. It may be taken uh, completely unchanged. It may be taken and changed so it barely resembles what it was before, But it but it's there. You know.
2: Right. Right.
0: So this, this is why I said when when people people love to toss around terms we you know we've new and improved. New and improved, so, uh, G <laughs> New and <improved>. stuff, <laughs> It's like an that. infomercial at
2: um, four in the morning.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, you are going to get the fundamentalists. Um, you know, JKD purists, fundamentalists. Look, if, if it's not in the Tao G Jeet Kune Do, we don't do um, it. Yeah. You know, if Bruce Lee didn't say it, then it's not Jeet Kune Do. Yeah, sure. Well, they're as wrong as the other side. Absolutely. You
2: know? Mm. Hey, Chris, th- I want to thank you. we got to uh, wrap it up here. I want to thank you so much for taking Tom your Day to come in. Very enlightening. Uh, if people want to yeah. get a hold of you, I guess they get a hold of you on ckjkd.com.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm always willing to just share Share ideas. And again, these are my opinions. You know, I always yeah. say, like I say on seminars, I don't ask you to agree with me. I don't ask you to disagree. I just ask you to think for yourself. And, right. You know, so thanks, Jim. Thanks, Tom. For no, it's you been great. And,
2: uh, you, you know, to- all of Chris's books are fantastic on Amazon.com. You can pick them up and uh, get a hold of Chris Kent at CKJKD.com. Are you available for doing seminars all over still? You're still doing that? Are you retired um, like that? Yes. Yeah. You know,
0: <laughs> um, just real quick, because I know you've got to wrap it no, up. No, that's right. You know, I I shifted several years ago. I shifted away from like organizations where you know creating instructors and all this right. Good to move. working as a teaching consultant and advisor now. So that allows me to go to any group or right. any faction Good. Yeah. and and just work with that group on refining jikindo for them. So right. um, so that's what I do. Yeah, I do seminars, but as Tom knows, my my idea is to go in and and work as a teaching and training advisor for mm. people nice. and, and just help them get a clearer and better understanding of jkd so
2: awesome uh thanks chris we really appreciate it. tom anything you want to wrap up with no us? no no
1: thanks chris it's yeah fantastic having you on all right a... hey look another well,
2: yeah, great show with again. chris kent uh everyone we're out we'll see you next week peace out